0: Never give in, never give in, never, 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 never. Winston Churchill spoke those words in 1941. He was at a school commencement. And while those words were, he offered it as a challenge to the students, it also spoke to the whole country, which was at war. Well, it's got a connection to to the study we are a part of in Bible Studies for Life, uh, the study we're going to be talking about today. So welcome to the Bible Studies for Life adult podcast, hosted each week by Chris Johnson and myself. Chris, it's good to be with you again.
1: Hey, man. Thanks a lot. Looking forward to our conversation today.
0: And joining Chris and I for this conversation is Dr. Tal Davis. Uh, Tal has been a longtime writer for for LifeWay uh, and uh, does an excellent job with writing our commentary. Tal is also a part of a group called Market Faith Ministries, which is an online apologetics ministry. Tal, would you take a moment just tell us about Market Faith?
2: Well, Market Faith Ministries is uh, a ministry that was started by a, a good friend of mine, uh, Freddie Davis, who's not related to me, but we're both uh, hail from Tallahassee, Florida, and uh, basically our purpose is to uh, educate people, both online and uh, in person when we can, about the uh, ideas of worldview and how worldviews, the different worldviews affect how people perceive and understand reality, and that, uh, you know, how a worldview affects what they do, their morals, their behavior, and how they understand God, and uh, and how that affects basically their whole understanding of life, and so our our purpose is to deal with those and show how that the the Christian worldview, the theistic worldview, is the one that really uh, makes sense and is most uh, really is the best one to believe in. I mean, it's it's really the only one that really makes sense. So, and so that's yeah. our main purpose on uh, our world. We have a website which is a www.marketfaith.org, and we have a lot of resources on that website, a lot of articles and and things that people will, I think pastors especially, and, and Bible teachers, uh, you know, you could find just about anything there that would help you deal with some of the issues that you deal with in your church and classes. That's yeah, that's general. fascinating.
1: I I think we would be surprised um, at the, the variety of worldviews that, and especially those that don't take any kind of Christian perspective into play. And we tend to think everybody's like us, and everybody looks at life and thinks about about life in the world like we do. When there are there are just people all all around us in the United States who never give a thought to a godly perspective or what bi- the Bible teaches. That's just that's foreign to them.
2: Well, that's exactly right. And and uh, pre- particularly the last say thirty years, uh, that that has grown in in its reality because. Uh, primarily because of immigration, we've got people coming to the United States from virtually every part of the world, and they're bringing their worldviews with them. And we're, and of course, what we try to do as Christians too often is we try to communicate the gospel in our worldview, and and they look at us like, what does that mean? You know, sure. <laughs> they don't understand the, the the language. They don't understand even our perception of what real what is life is really like, and so we have to kind of back up and help them to understand what the, the theistic worldview is about and how it contrasts with say naturalism, which probably is the most, uh, most right now what? the predominant worldview in, at least in the, the main culture, uh, but also of people from Eastern religions and um, other places where they don't have a, a different kind of perspective than we, what we're
1: used to.
0: Well, thanks Tal. I know you're good at writing that. So, so,
1: uh, one of the things that I've tried to ask everybody that's been part of the, the uh, podcast on uh, end times is, um, how much focus or attention did you give to the two end times, um, before becoming a part of writing uh, for this subject matter?
2: Well, I think when I was young, uh, back, and I'm you know, I, I just turned 70, <laughs> so I'm, I've been around a while, but when I was in college. And i think a lot at that time back in the early 70s there was a lot of interest a great deal of interest in end times theories and end times uh, events worldviews, world events and stuff and and so i really had a lot of interest in it at that time and as i got when i went to seminary and as i've grown in my faith i began to see that you know there's different perspectives on on the end time, uh, on the end times and uh you know the second coming of christ And so I've um, I've always had an interest in it. But like most things, I believe for a believer, there needs to be a balance. Uh, I think if we get too uh, involved or, or even obsessed with one dimension of our Christian theology, which eschatology is, then sometimes we will Lose our scope or lose our our focus on the totality of Christianity. So I see uh, eschatology as being a a part of and an important part of the totality of Christian theology. And but and I've always been interested in that. And I've I've done I mean I've read probably hundred books on the subject from different perspectives. And uh, and you know it's because of that I think I've tried to take a balanced approach. I don't know that I'm dogmatic about anything or any particular uh, perspective on that on that subject.
0: Well, I'm eager for us to get into this particular study as we uh, in this study of the the return of Christ. Uh, we're going to be in Matthew 24 as we have been for the last several weeks, uh, but we're going to be looking at this idea, of our focus of serving Christ faithfully as we wait for His return. So, gentlemen, let me pick up in verse 42 where Jesus said, "Therefore." Be alert since you don't know when, what day your Lord is coming, but know this, if the homeowner had known what time the thief was coming, he would have stayed alert and not let his house be broken into. That is why you are also to be ready because the son of man is coming at an hour you do not expect.
1: So I think that uh, what Tal said a few minutes ago about having a kind of a broad perspective and um, not getting so fixated on this that we lose sight of what the real message is, is exactly what Jesus is talking about here. It seems like what he's saying to us is, Hey man, just be ready, be prepared, uh, be the boy scout of uh, <laughs> your world and just always be on, on guard and prepared that it can happen anytime.
2: Well, part of the thing was that the disciples had been quizzing Jesus uh, at length about when all the things and Jesus had talked about some signs that were going to happen, uh, you know, in the time before the Son of Man came. And they were just asking, when is this going to be? Is this, is this going to be soon? And, and basically what he told them was, we don't know. Uh, in fact, he, he said that, that the, only the Father in heaven knows. Uh, even the Son doesn't know. So the, the point he was trying to make in verse 42, I think it's very clear. You need to be awake. Be ready. Because you don't know when the day will be. But it could be any time. So, and then when he uses this little illustration, which I think is a little bit funny, uh, he says, "Well, what if a, a homeowner knew that a thief was going to come at night? What would he do? Well, he'd get ready. You know, he'd be there, and he might have his shotgun ready or whatever." Because the funny <laughs> part is, how would he know? I mean, and I made a little joke in my commentary. I said, "Well, if..." How would he know? Because no thief's going to tell you when he's coming. Uh, and, and so maybe the police had a, an insider who knew it. But if they knew, he was going to be ready. Um, and so the point is that even though we don't know exactly when the Lord's coming, we still got to be ready. We got to be like we got to be ready like he's coming tonight. And, uh, and how we how we function and how we live our lives should always be with that expectation. Uh, never to the point that we want to not be concerned about the future. You see, we can, the problem we could take is we can think, well, the Lord's coming back next week and therefore I don't need to do anything after that. Well, that's not true because we don't know it could be tomorrow. It could be next week, next year, or a hundred years from now, uh, you know, and, I think it's a little interesting that some people kind of take the position that this has to be the, gener- this has to be the time. And, uh, I'm sure every generation in the past sure. took pretty much the same, uh, mindset that, well, we we must be the end time generation. Well, we could be, might be, um, you know, we, it's, it's very real, but
1: yeah, but so we don't know. You mentioned, point something that i i don't think that i had ever heard before that uh literally uh the breaking in was digging into uh, the house could you tell
2: us about that uh yeah back in the uh days of uh, the new testament houses the the jewish houses were basically made of mud and uh pitch and that sort of thing and so it wasn't hard somebody with a with a pick or a shovel could literally just dig right into the side of the house because it was that malleable, you know, soft. And so, um, what Jesus says here basically is um, that when the when the thief breaks in, he's basically digging into the side of the house and going in to the house and making his, uh, you know, making his his theft. Uh, which we today wouldn't think of that. We you got nowadays you've got to go through the window or break down the door. You wouldn't normally. I mean unless you had a an axe or something you wouldn't try to go in the side of the house.
1: Well, yeah. you know, I'm, I I'm visualizing us today with security cameras and alarms and those kind of things and uh, so it's it's good to hear it from a this is what it was like when Jesus was talking about it. Oh, yeah, yeah we, that was that was a, that that wasn't even thought of in this. So.
0: Yeah, you know, we do go to sleep pretty secure at night, yeah. you know, just cuz I got my Video on my doorbell, you know, some people have security systems and all that. And here's a man, and and, and is Jesus telling it? He's kind of got to sleep with one eye open because you just don't know. And, uh, but as we see the principle there for us is that we too, we need to be ready for the return of Christ. And and the idea is for us to be, to stay alert. And that might be an interesting
2: mind to me, uh, the movie Home Alone, you know. Yeah, and they right. realized, uh, Kevin knew they were coming. And he got ready for them. You know? <laughs> that's a <guy. laughs> so their misfortune, but
1: uh, yeah, most time we don't have that opportunity. That will create some conversation in our group. stop at home alone. <laughs> yeah,
0: that's. Well, as we, we move into verses forty-five, uh, we'll, we're going to continue this idea. But this idea that we remain faithful, we we stay alert. But as we stay alert, we also we remain faithful to what God has called us to do. Jesus said this, who then is the faithful and wise servant whom his master has put in charge of his household to give them their food at the proper time? But blessed is the servant whom the master finds doing his job when he comes. Truly, I tell you, he will put him in charge of all his possessions.
1: So I couldn't help but think of Joseph, uh, the Old Testament character, uh, who had these responsibilities of having things entrusted to him. And uh, he was faithful to the point that it was evident to everyone that God was with him and working through him as uh, maybe a prime example for us to think of about what it looks like to be a faithful servant who are just doing the work that God gave us to do and being faithful to it.
2: Yeah, that's a good, good analogy there. Yeah, Uh, back in those days, of course, slavery was fairly common or very common. And in many of the households, there was one person who would be designated the the overseer or the steward, and he was the one who was most responsible for seeing that all the other servants did their jobs. And I think what Jesus is kind of alluding to here is that this faithful and wise servant is one of those uh, stewards. And he's saying if he does a good job and provides for the household and and uh, supervises the other servants in the right way um he's going to get more responsibility uh, you know it's going to it'll bless him and it'll bless the, the the homeowner or the or the owner uh, will also become a better blessed and mainly he'll maybe he'll have prosperity and his family will benefit as well
0: so we're not so alert and anticipating the return of christ that we kind of set aside our responsibilities We maintain uh, our our obedience to what God has called us to do, even as we watch with that eager anticipation.
1: So that causes me to think of Nehemiah uh, when they're rebuilding the walls. So there's these guys who are their task is building the walls, but then they need to be have a defense uh, mechanism in place, too. So then they they're on guard and wearing their uh, wearing their sword while they're continuing to do the work. we, we have to be faithful to the task. I guess a good question to ask is what does it look like for us to keep doing our work faithfully, uh, while we wait for Jesus return? And, uh, that may be a conversation that we can have in
0: our groups.
2: Oh yeah. Yeah. Well, I think the the main thing is we just need to do the main thing, you know, which is, <laughs> um, live our lives day to day in relationship with Christ. Um, you know, wanting to live a moral life and ethical life, do our jobs the way the best way we can uh, be, in, be involved in the furtherance of the kingdom of God. That is through the, our churches and and our families and also to uh, be involved in evangelism, reaching out to people with the gospel, because, again, we don't know when the Lord's coming and when he comes it's for those who aren't saved, it's going to be too late.
0: That's correct. Uh, Chris Lee, uh, Cliff Lee, said this in this personal study guide text. He wrapped it up really well when he said, "Obedience is the primary duty to whatever that task is. That we're obedient to to growing in Christ, sharing Christ, discipling, whatever it is. Obedience is the key." Now, when we come to verse forty-eight, uh, Jesus is continuing this this thought, but it kind of takes sort of a negative turn uh, about, you know, what it means when we live for ourselves instead. He said, this is picking up in verse 48, but if the wicked servant says to his heart, my master is delayed, starts to beat his fellow servants and eat and drink with drunkards, that servant's master will come on a day he does not expect him and an hour he does not know. He will cut him to pieces and assign him a place with the hypocrites where there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. Ouch.
1: I love not a that. a very pretty picture, is it?
0: No, <laughs> yeah, not at all.
1: Uh, yeah. I love the fact that Jesus makes this contrast between the, the faithful servant. And then just he takes the initiative to say, so here's what a faithful servant looks like. Here's what it would look like for a wicked servant to be that lead steward who's not paying attention uh, to what's going on.
2: Well, I think the key is that the good servant doesn't need to worry about when the the master's coming back. He he doesn't need to worry about that because he's ready already. He's ready any time. Whereas the, the evil servant, uh, he's out having you know, getting getting drunk with his buddies, and and he's kind of letting everything go. And he's I think he's just hoping that before the the master comes back, he'll be able to get it all together and and have it ready. And look like things are good. And I think that's how a lot of people look at their lives. That they're more concerned about having everything they can now and enjoying their lives now, and they're not really thinking about when the Lord might return or when, the, when we'll be held accountable. and uh, But if we're doing everything that we, God expects us to do, you know, and I'm not saying we're perfect, none of us are, and we don't, we don't always do what we want to do and should do. But that being said, uh, if we're conscious of the Lord's presence and his possibility of coming again, or even of our own death, you know, I think sometimes we need to keep in mind that we don't even know how many years we have left on this world. So we could, you know, we could we could be gone tomorrow. Sure. And at that point, we're going to be held accountable, uh, whether we first of all, whether we've made Jesus our Lord and Savior, that's the main thing. But also, I think that God's going to hold us accountable for the, the things he's given us to do to, as his stewards.
1: I think that uh, what you said um, resonated with me, because I think there are I think people with a different worldview give no thought to the future or to the master returning, like like this wicked servant. And there are a lot of believers who live the same way. We we don't give a moment's thought to when he might come and how to be prepared. So I think this is a uh, a good reminder to those who are believers and who are involved in Bible study that we, we need to give some thought to it and stay focused and always be on guard and be prepared for his coming.
0: Chris, um, I think most people in our groups would agree with that. Yeah. Don't live for yourself, live for Christ. But I think there'd be value in our groups and I'm kind of bouncing off a question in our personal study guides, but I think it'd be valuable for us to talk about this idea. What practically, what does it look like when I'm living for myself? What does it look like when I'm living for Christ? And to put that on the table, to dialogue about it and to think, yeah, maybe because maybe my identifier for some things in my life go, I'm really living in that area. I'm really living more for myself than for Jesus. Well,
2: that well, we can be true. I think probably in any area of life, um, if all we're concerned about is sort of worldly things, you know, our our business and making money or having pleasures and or things like that, uh, and 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 maybe not even thinking about our relation to God or just putting that on the back shelf which is what I think many Christians do to sort of make that a you know that's one of the dimensions of my life but it's not the most important then that's uh, that's where we're we're at a tune with what God wants us to do
1: well I want to uh, wrap this up by saying thanks to tal for being with us and uh, I think this has been a healthy Unit of study for us to look at uh, Matthew twenty-four, and we'll, we'll finish this study next week. Look at Matthew twenty-five, uh, the beginning of of that chapter to to see what Jesus had to say um, about end times and what the future would look like, and that reminder. This I think today's session is, uh, uh, in essence, summarizes everything that Jesus taught um, in talking about in times that we don't know and we need to be on guard and we need to be prepared at all times for his coming. So I think this has been a great summary session for us to, to talk about when we think about end times. And I had one thing, Yeah. you
2: know, I, th- I don't think we need to overlook what Jesus said in the last couple of sentences, there. Th- the passage. He not only talks about when he's coming and the, when the son of man's coming, that's his, his, his uh, term for himself, he also issues a warning, and the warning is that if you're not ready, you're going to face some terrible consequences. and uh, you know the, the this whole notion of heaven and hell is something a lot of people don't want to dis- discuss much anymore, but we've got to be be honest with our with our people and with those who aren't saved that there is uh, this potential. Of eternal separation from God, and that's the ultimate uh, consequence of of our failure to trust in Christ and to do what He wants.
0: That is a great note to end on. Uh, Tal, Chris, thanks. me great conversation, and I hope for those of you are listening that uh, I, I trust that this has been helpful as you get with your group and talk about what it means to serve faithfully as we wait for Christ's return. Well, thanks for joining us for this podcast, Bible Studies for Life Adult Podcast, and hope you will join us again next week.